It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. And welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. You could also be listening on the Radio Player Canada app anywhere across the country. Download the app, type in 106.5 ELMNTFM or 95.7 ELMNTFM. And you're good to go. You can listen on any device right across the country. And don't forget, you can also listen to our previous uh, interviews online at Element FM, E-L-M-N-T-F-M, and also on the SoundCloud. I'd like to welcome my next two guests to the show. I'm very excited, actually, uh, to have them on. And we're going to find out where they're calling from in a moment. I have with me Tiffany Ayalik and and uh, Inukshuk Mackay, and they are sisters, and they are wonderful throat singers. Uh, I have some questions about uh, the new album and some of the material that I've heard, which is based around the Christmas theme. Uh, some wonderful material, but first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Hi. Hey. So whereabouts are you guys calling from today? Uh Tiffany here. I'm in Vancouver. Okay. Inukshuk here. I'm in Delta. Wow. All right. But both based on the West Coast. Yeah, recently. Um, we're, we're born and raised in Yellowknife Northwest Territories, and we spent uh, a lot of time up in uh, the Arctic in Nunavut, um, but recently have uh, made the jump over to the West Coast. Not a bad place to be. Pretty good. <laughs> Of course, uh, we all know that there's a fairly large uh, population based in the Ottawa area as well. Yeah, there's tons yeah. of community down there. It's it's nice uh, to whenever we we head out east to, you know, walk down Rideau Street and and look for seal skin and earrings and be like, <laughs> okay, where my where my enemy at? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, uh, listen, you guys have an interesting uh, story in terms of your your heritage and, and the blend of, of things that you, uh, that are in your heritage that, that make you, uh, not only sisters, but your music. I was wondering if you guys could, to, could share a little bit of that. Yeah. So we, we grew up in Yellowknife, um, and our, our mother is, uh, from Southern Ontario and we grew up in Yellowknife, but our, um, family, comes from the high Arctic in Kobdoktok and in Alkriat. And so we, we grew up, uh, you know, on Dene land with our, <laughs> our, our white mom and our Inuk dad. And, you know, we, we had a constant kind of blend of cultures in, in our household. And um, our access to our own Inuit culture was um, somewhat limited just by, you know, growing up with a single mom and, um, we we had tons of cousins and family and extended family that we were surrounded by, so that was a, a real blessing. Um, but in terms of that sort of um, early childhood exposure, um, you know, we we had to wait until family members would you know come through Yellowknife to get their wisdom teeth pulled, or you know you know come come down for meetings or whatever. And so we learning about our culture and learning um, having that access to teachings was. Um, we had another kind of layer to jump through, and um, you know, we, we started singing as children, and we we did it as a fun pastime, as a as a game between sisters, and 
Um, we have a, a cousin up in Hogluktok who is an amazing throat singer, and she would send us tapes, like record herself on cassette tapes and send them to us in the mail. And um, that was that was one of the way, our first kind of entries in, into throat singing. And we didn't really think much of it until until we started to grow a little older and sort of realized how an art practice like throat singing fit within a larger sort of Canadian landscape, mm-hmm. not only in the music industry, but in the sort of um, colonial industry, I guess you could say, that, you know, seeing how a traditional practice like drumming or singing or storytelling or even language practice you know, was heavily tabooed and finable all across this country for many Indigenous people, and how, you know, that 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 changed the tone that we sang in. That that kind of gave us a different focus to mm. say, okay, this isn't just um, this sort of innocent musical expression between sisters. This is also um, our way of reclaiming something and our way of you know, carving out in, in an industry, in a landscape for ourselves, <clears throat> a practice that um, was almost extinct and, and was almost lost. And, you know, through the hard, <clears throat> excuse me, and through the hard work and blood, sweat and tears of many Inuit women across the Arctic is now, um, you know, a thriving, um, vibrant, dynamic practice with a lot of different musicians and just a lot of people who just do it who aren't you know, necessarily in the music industry. So that's been that's been kind of how we have incorporated this into our music and fused it with all of our other um, aesthetics that we enjoy as well. And, and that's one of the cool things about our culture is that we can, you know, as, as keepers of it in a way, um, it's flexible and adaptable um, to fit the needs of, of the people today. Mm, nicely said. You know, it, it was not surprising, but of course, it's always uh, sad to see uh, and hear about things such as throat singing that was banned or, you know, uh, outlawed and, and looked upon as evil by the church. And, and uh, as you say, was almost uh, made extinct by some practices. And, and it's, it's just such a shame, you know, when we when we see those things. And uh, it's wonderful to see that you and other people are, are bringing that back. And, and, you know, I think there's something so beautiful about throat singing, and I'm sure it's no, no news to you or, or you, you hear this all the time. It's that, it's that because it, it is the throat and it, it is uh, coming from a person, and yet it almost sounds unearthly, unreal. Uh, it's this rawness that's just this, this wonderful stuff. And let's not underestimate the, uh, the, 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 the skill that is needed to produce uh, the sounds and to, and and uh, the continuation uh, of of doing these kind of things. Uh, you guys uh, have mastered something that uh, not a lot of people can do. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the difference between um, you know classical singing and and throat singing um, is that you're making a noise continuously, so mm. you're making a noise when you're breathing out and when you're breathing in. And so there's air passing over your vocal cords and it needs a ton of endurance. You're really working that diaphragm. Mm. And, um, you know, part of the game between us as, as kids was not only who could go the longest without laughing, but who could go the longest because, <laughs> um, you know, if you're not doing it, if you're not breathing properly into your diaphragm, you can become pretty lightheaded. And I know that we used to laugh at almost, passing out when we get really competitive. 
<laughs> That's great. But of course, and that that would only make it if it's fun, though. You you want to do it? It's uh, what a wonderful way to learn something. Oh yeah, it's so fun, and you know, it, you can. It is fun to that competitive sisterly competitive thing is definitely there. But at the same time, it's one of the most beautiful feelings to throw things for a long time with somebody because mm. kind of your the, the time slips away. It's a bit trance like in ways. It's a very like calming meditative um, way of connecting with someone and. Um, you know, you're making these sounds that are so soothing. I think they're so soothing and interesting. And, you know, it, the yeah, what's one of my favorite feelings to be able to, to throw things for a long time with somebody and, and sort of just get lost in it. And, and you know, it's, it's again, it's very rhythmical. It, it's, as you say, it's, it's something that you're producing through your vocal codes, cords as you're both breathing out and breathing in. Now, I can only think of one other instrument that I'm aware of, and there could be others. Uh, by no means am I an expert in this. But uh, the, the Australian didgeridoo, I believe, uses a similar mm-hmm. practice of, mm-hmm. of breathing the for that. Circular breathing, yeah. 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 Um, so the other thing that I, th- I thought was really interesting about uh, you mentioning this as well, in, in terms of learning, the way you learned this was... Uh, in in some ways, because you had as I think a cousin that would send you uh, cassette tapes that uh, would had had lessons on you for for this so year learning by cassette tape, I believe is what I was reading. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Oh, yeah, pre pre internet and back in the day when mm. no one had long distance phone call plans. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. Um, so listen, if, if you don't mind for, for uh, just moving forward, because we, we can't see either e- each other, uh, if you guys just introduce yourselves as you begin to speak so I know who's speaking, and so our listeners uh, know as well, if that's okay. Um, sure. Yeah. Now, somebody mentioned, uh, I think, did I hear Akviet? Did I hear you guys were in Akviet or raised in Akviet, partly? Uh, in Okir. My, um, my dad's family is from Akviet. Okay. So, um yeah, I have a very large, um, immediate and extended family that lives there, and um, I grew up mostly, though, in Yellowknife. And who's this? And Who am I speaking to now? This, this is? is Inuk. Okay. Inuk Shuk. Yep. And, um, but we were raised by Tiff's dad in Yellowknife, so I actually spent a ton of time in Kogluktuk, where he's from, mm. and not my, my roots town until I was a teenager. Um, so it's a fun, complicated, layered story for sure. <laughs> and it's wonderful. Now you, you have this, uh, before we go any further, you guys have our sisters, but you, you perform under the name of Pixic, I believe. Is that, is that the correct way to say it? Pretty close. Um, this is Tiffany here. Uh, silk, if you think of it, rhyming with milk silk. And what is it again? So a, a pepsok is a type of um, weather phenomenon yes. where the wind blows in a certain way that it lifts the snow from the ground back up into the sky. So it's a pretty otherworldly phenomenon where it looks like the snow is rising, and we've always really identified with that um, with that storm, with that phenomenon, because you know, what we're doing and how we're weaving together our music and our story has this sort of otherworldly, ethereal feel to it. 
and we've just always identified with that snow that there's something just a little bit off, but it's still beautiful and a bit confusing, and we've definitely felt like that in our own lives with our own journey. Is you know, it's still snow no matter which way it's falling, um, but these are these are strange times. <laughs> they certainly are. You got that for sure. Um, so. When did you when did you look at this and start to look at it as a way of of possibly doing it on a on a professional basis? Uh, in Ukshuk here, um, we had been asked several times, you know, growing up in Yellowknife to throat sing at different events um, and sometimes for tourists to the north, and so we had done a small amount of it um, together professionally, and I think as we became older. It's funny, we used to, when we were kids, be out camping for, you know, long periods of time on the land, and we'd do a ton of throat singing, and we would kind of, like, giggle and laugh to each other about how cool would it be to have a throat singing band, (laughs) and, you know, life happened, and we kind of grew apart and together several times, and um, I think at some point, those, those childhood dreams are just still in there, and when you see a chance to make that dream come true, I mean, we'd be remiss to overlook it. So um, things just lined up at the right place at the right time for us. And it was all very, I think, serendipitous, eh, Tiff, mm-hmm. how things came together and how, um, you know, even the weather would seem to align <laughs> at certain decision-making times. And we have that wonderful, uh, you know, basically upon Tuxuk's inception um, the lightning video where we're throat singing and there's a lightning storm in the background. So we've often felt very affirmed by weather phenomenon um, right from the inception of the mm. Okay, well, I just want to let everyone know that you're listening to Element FM. This is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. On the line with me from the West Coast, uh, B.C., both in uh, Vancouver and the Delta area, uh, I have with me Tiffany Eilick and also Inukshuk Mikai. And they are sisters. They are also uh, in, uh, Indigenous throat singers. And um, they are uh, formed the group of, uh, and I've got to get this name right. It's a little hard to hear over the phone exactly what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, no worries. But, uh, Pilk, Pilk. Pilkshuk. There okay. you go. Pilkshuk. Okay, got it. So, uh, and they, uh, you actually have this uh, this really lovely uh, EP uh, for the Christmas uh, season that uh, I had a chance to listen to, and I, I really loved the blend of the uh, of of the the Inuit throat singing that you did do along with these these traditional carols uh, that have these other voices. Now, I, the question I wanted to ask you about this is: uh, Are other people singing on this, or is this both the two of you doing all the voices? Tiffany here. Um, yeah, this is all of our vocals. Um, so we, one of the things that we do as Tuk is we do a lot of um, live looping and I have a, a looping pedal and we're able to, with this pedal, record our voices, play them back and then record over top of them so that we can create these multi-voiced, many-layered, complicated harmony sort of tapestries when we're performing and that's a style that we love to be able to do because, you know, we're just two voices on stage, but then all of a sudden we can make it sound like we have this Inuit angel choir <laughs> behind <laughs> us. And <clears throat> so that's part of our, our style and, and what, what we love, the music that we love. 
And so whenever we go into the studio, we uh, try to recreate and explore that multi-layered tapestry in the studio so that we can give a really full, um, you know, sonic experience for the people at home. And it worked out perfectly to think about, you know, a lot of Christmas music is choir music and Mm -hmm. sung by you know, groups of people. And so this is sort of our take on, on Christmas music. And um, it's, a, it's a complicated feeling and it's a complicated relationship that not only Inuit and Indigenous people, but I think a lot of people have very complicated relationships with Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we wanted to really dive into. We don't like to shy away from that conflict or that tension that people experience. I think so much of Christmas music is like, love, 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 joy, 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 everything's perfect, everything is awesome. And that, that's what we hear. And then I feel like that that causes us to feel a lot of pressure around this time of year to make everything awesome and make everything perfect and mm-hmm. finally resolve all of our family conflicts and reconcile with our long-lost whatevers. And <laughs> so I feel like there's a huge amount of conflict there and tension. And so the... I feel like the music of the season, the traditional music out there, also kind of compounds that that pressure. Mm. And so we wanted to we wanted to create this album that doesn't shy away from that and um, says to ourselves and to other people like, "Hey, it's okay to have mixed feelings about this time of year, and it is a, it can be a very painful time as well." So this is our. Um, uh, Inukshuk says it so well, stitching together of very complicated feelings and emotions around this time of year, and it, I feel like that comes through in the music. Mm, nicely said. And and it is a very, very beautifully recorded, and it's wonderful to hear uh, the blend of voices, not only uh, not only the, the throat singing, but of course, the, the as you say, this lovely angelical kind of uh, 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 choir sort of thing that you guys have put on top of that. Beautifully done and and congratulations for for it as well. Thank you. Thank you. And I wish you all the best with that. Now, having said that, uh, uh, how are you guys doing for uh, performing and touring? Do you get do you get to the East much? Sometimes. In, in up here. Hmm? Um, yeah, we've been fortunate enough to um, begin our international touring so we were in washington uh just about this time last year and um you know we've had several gigs across the country in 2019 which is really exciting and uh we're actually going to be in germany for the first time in february on a german tour so Mm. very much looking forward to that um not sure when we're out east next but if folks follow us on our socials we always update Right. Do you want to hand those out for people in case they want to start following you? So we're Pupsuk on um, Facebook, P-I-Q-S-I-Q, uh, Instagram at Pupsuk underscore music, and I believe Twitter is just at Pupsuk. Okay, great. And um, so uh, what about uh, other recordings or, or other music that you, you may be working on or that you're planning to, to come out with? But we're actually um, going to release a music video for one of our songs on the album, Kim Muktik, um, Dog Sled Ride. Oh, yeah. And we have a, a beautiful video that we're going to be releasing very shortly here. 
Um, so if you want to see uh, a snapshot of Arctic Inuit life, um, you're going to see you're going to see some beautiful footage. There's some beautiful northern lights, and uh, our 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 anthem and our tribute to family when we, when we come together. It's the one song on the album that's <laughs> joyful, and <laughs> it's a it's a it's a new carol that we composed. And um, it's not a not a cover. It's uh, a new one that we wrote, and it's our celebration of of uh, family coming together. And it is very beautiful. I, I had a chance to listen to it. It uh, immediately uh, uh, dragged me in, uh, you know, pulled me into it. So mm. um, I appreciate that. And I'm sure, uh, again, if anyone uh, uh, wants to uh, check that out, I believe that your music is available on uh, Bandcamp? Yeah. yeah. Bandcamp's the best place for us, for folks to get our music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's uh, all through download. We have not produced any physical copies yet but we have so many requests for vinyl which was really (laughs) cool to hear so perhaps next year we'll release um a re-release of this album on vinyl really at at this point download is your 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 best bet there all right that sounds great yeah that would be great to see uh, a vinyl album come out Mm -hmm. (laughs) that would be fabulous it's funny tiff and i used to uh listen to vinyl we had this pizza 78 box full of old records and you know, we'd, we'd be playing records, and the kids used to think we were just out to lunch because they were all on 8-track and cassette. And <laughs> now like, it's cool no, again. I'm, I'm good. you got to hear it. And if you play it a certain way, you can make the record spin backwards. <laughs> Listen to this old Beatles record. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's great. Um, so listen, can you tell me something about your, yourselves, a little bit about uh, you know, what you guys do in your off time? How much time do you spend together? What do you do? Uh, do you have families, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, we, um, we're, <laughs> what off time? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, just kidding, though. It's important to rest. Um, yeah, we, we are, um, we do music quite a, for quite a bit of our work, but then we also have lots of other, um, Side, side gigs and side hustles that we're constantly working. Um, I am an actor. I'm mm. also a writer for film and TV. I'm a producer. I produce a show. Um, uh, I have a production company called Copper Quartz, and we have a show that's broadcast in the States called Wild Kitchen. And I'm um, working on a documentary and also just working on music quite a bit. So we're 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 busy bees. You know, if you want to talk a little bit about your your many side gigs, yeah. Um, I think obviously one of my priorities. I have two two children, um, seven and ten years old, mm. and um, my husband and I are doing our best to raise them with Inuit values um, that fit into their modern context. Mm-hmm. So um, we're homeschooling right now, and mm. that quite the undertaking. Sure. I'm also lucky enough to be a part of a, a really wonderful organization called Foxy, Fostering Open Expression Among Youth, and it's an arts-based sexual health program created by Northerners that operates in all three territories. And we deliver workshops through the schools, and we also do on-the-land retreat programs. It's an excellent organization. I'm really grateful to be a part of it. Um, and I also assist my, my partner, support my partner in his work through Urban Inuk. He's an Uluit maker, um, and he salvages 
old materials to upcycle into beautiful new new things and um, is brought his cultural traditional um, ulu knife uh, mm. to pretty much um, people all over the place are ordering them, which is really exciting. So, yeah. Wow, that sounds wonderful. It's great to hear all the things that you guys are interested in. You certainly don't have a moment uh, to you <laughs> <laughs> of downtime. You're right. What was I talking about? <laughs> but it's wonderful to hear uh, of all the success that you're having, and uh, both uh, within the home life. It's, uh, as you say, uh, uh, and uh, it's not easy to raise two children, especially uh, raising them at home and, and uh, homeschooling. That's uh, so. Hats mm-hmm. off to you for that, uh, to you and your partner uh, for for that. That's uh, wonderful. It's a challenge, uh, but a worthwhile one. Um, you know, uh, our kids yeah, are the future, sure. and uh, we want to make sure that uh, we give them the best that we can uh, in order to move forward. And of course, uh, uh, coming out of uh, cultures that have been uh, suppressed by the mainstream society, we all know about how it is important to make sure that our kids get that uh, get that experience uh, and a positive totally. one. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's been wonderful speaking to both of you, and I certainly hope that you can make the trip east here to both Ottawa and Toronto so that we are able to see you in performance in the near future. But uh, other than that, I want to wish you all the best with your touring that's coming up, uh, I think you said in Germany, and also uh, where else was that in the new year? We're still finalizing some dates, but uh, for sure that's that's where we're going so far. And we've got a couple of festivals lined up this summer as well. So mm. if people follow us on our socials, they can see if we're coming through a town near them. All right. That sounds great. So uh, it's been great having you both on the show. I want to say uh, Chimigwech and Yawa for uh, joining us online. Oh, and uh, let me see. I've got to remember this correctly. Um, Koyanamik. Oh, nice to All right. <laughs> Thank you. It's the one word I remember. I, that's why I was asking about uh, Akviat, because I, I spent a little bit of time in the north uh, when I was working no with APTN. Oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, Tiffany Eilich and Inukshuk Mackay are sisters. They are part of the vocal and uh, a group called Pilkshuk, correct? I believe yeah. it's Pilkshuk. And uh, Inuit throat singers and a beautiful album that they have out for the uh, Christmas uh, season. Please uh, make sure to check that out on Bandcamp. You can uh, check that out at piqsiq.bandcamp.com. So uh, it's been great having you both on the show. I thank you both and wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. Take care. Ona. Bye-bye. It's been great having them on the show, and uh, please stay tuned because we have more coming up right here on Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Ottawa and Toronto. 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, and you could also be listening anywhere across the country. How? Well, you download the Radio Player Canada app and you type in 106.5 106.5 ELMNTFM or 95.7 ELMNTFM. And uh, there you go. Just follow the instructions. You could be listening anywhere across the country, any time of day, on any device you like. And we would appreciate if uh, someone is outside our listening area that you think would enjoy the programming, please let them know and they can do so as well. 
Uh, just to also let you know that uh, if you have missed uh, one of our previous interviews and you would like to check that out, you can do so online at our website at elmntfm.ca and also on SoundCloud. We post those up for your listening enjoyment uh, at a later date. It takes uh, one or two days for us to get those up there, but uh, be assured it will be up there. You can share that. You can uh, uh, tweet it. You can post it. And you can tell people about it to go there and check that out at a later date. I'd like to welcome my next guest to the show today. And uh, she is uh, the actual new content coordinator uh, for Heritage Ontario. Niwate Gordon Corbier is here. Hi. <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. And it's a new position. And I think that you kind of had a hand in helping you get yourself into that position, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, somewhat, yes. Um, before I got this position, I was working at Heritage Toronto on their upcoming digital exhibit, Sounds Like Toronto. It's a Toronto Music History website. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I had a short summer contract um, there through uh, Young Canada Works. And they were liking the work I was doing on that. And I guess because they liked what I was doing, um, they realized that they also wanted to create some new Indigenous content mm -hmm. for Heritage Toronto and thought it would be good to create this position and give it to me because <laughs> I was there. <laughs> um, so that was pretty nice <laughs> to but be able to get um, a one-year contract after just recently graduating. Yes, and congratulations. Now, the other thing, Thank of you. course, is that I think you... You, um, if I'm not mistaken, with working with them, with working with Heritage Toronto, uh, it was pointed out, or it became aware to them that there were gaps in their in what they were presenting. So mm -hmm. that's part of the reason why you were brought in, so you could help fill in some of those gaps. Yep, that's exactly it. Every year they do a state of heritage report, um, just about Toronto's heritage, and in doing that research for that report, they found that there was as you said, a huge gap in Toronto's Indigenous heritage as represented in Heritage Toronto, but other agencies as well. And since they highlighted that, they were really looking for a way that they could fix that. And eventually that came to be my position and I'm helping work on that. So that's great. So as you mentioned, you were there, uh, you were there before mm -hmm. prior to this position. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what you were doing at that time to help shape this and get you into this? Um, it was slightly different. Just the focus was more on music history rather okay. than Indigenous history. Mm -hmm. But of course, there's Indigenous musicians, so I helped work on some of that. <clears throat> Basically, what I was doing was researching various artists and venues that were going to be featured on the website mm. and writing up the, um, the text that would be on the website. Okay. So a lot of that is related to what I would be doing or what I am doing now for the Indigenous content um, creator position, which is just researching Indigenous content um, and writing it for various the various programs that Heritage Toronto has. So are you sort of expanding on some things as well, like like going deeper into some of these, these areas that they have? Um. Well, they have a couple different programs. Right mm -hmm. now I'm working on their tourist program. Okay. 
So they have walking tours throughout the city that are public and free to go to, um, mostly during the summer and spring. <clears throat> so what I've been doing lately is revising some of their existing tour scripts that they'll be bringing back in the new year and just adding more Indigenous content to whatever tour it is. There's various subjects that each tour has, like um, one's focused on the waterfront, one's just focused on the beginnings of Toronto. There's a Young Street music tour. Mm. So basically I've just been researching and trying to find Indigenous-related content to whatever tour um, it is that I'm working on. Now... I think that uh, as this, you're the first person in this position that they created this, mm-hmm. this job. So you're you're sort of finding your way to some degree. Mm-hmm. But so I guess, what are some of the challenges you found so far? Um, yeah, like you said, I'm the first one to ever do this, and it's a new position that they just created um, recently. So it is kind of challenging because there's no precedent Mm. and I'm basically creating, if it's going to be a continuing position, I'm kind of creating what would be the position. Mm. So (laughs) that's a bit intimidating, (laughs) but (laughs) it's also, um, like I said, it's kind of related to what I was already doing before with the music project. It's just more focused on Indigenous content and on the tours that I'm currently working on. So I'd say the skills that I was using for my previous position transferred pretty well. It was just a different focus of subjects. But are, are you not, are not also looking at perhaps developing new programming for them? Um, we're kind of working on that right now. Currently, I'm also helping with some of their social media marketing. Mm-hmm. And right now we're working on an audience development strategy. Mm-hmm. And with that, hopefully we'll be able to create like a new a new programming um, like pillar because mm. currently we kind of just have three awards, tours, and plaques. Mm. And it would be nice to get a fourth, um, a fourth program in there, but we're still deciding. We're still working on it right now. And so your, your title is, uh, well, in 2019, you were this emerging historian. Now in 2020, uh, in 2020, Indigenous Content Coordinator is your position. When mm-hmm. does it? When did it officially start? When does it end? Um, it officially started the first week of September. Okay. Or excuse me, second week of September. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to go for a full year, so until the next right. um, next year in September. I suppose then at that time they can also um, perhaps look at extending. The contract for you if if they wanted to pursue this and mm-hmm. and and have it move forward. Now, in some ways, I think that uh, before we we started the interview, uh, I found out a little bit about you, and I think that that adds to the um, <laughs> to the reason that you probably have some some good background oh, uh, in able to uh, <laughs> enabling you to to take this position on. Somewhere. So. Uh, because you have you have someone in your family that uh, ha- has a particular uh, um, amount of knowledge mm-hmm. in and around Indigenous <laughs> issues and, and history. Yep, that's true. Um, my dad, Alan Corbier, he's somewhat of a, I guess, kind of a specialist in wampum belts and mm. um, kind of Indigenous governance in general. Mm. 
And for a while, he's been doing lectures and his own research <clears throat> around these topics and um, going to various conferences and so on. And just recently, um, he <laughs> defended his thesis, so he's been going to school the past mm. couple of years. He recently defended his thesis, and he's going to be a professor. Nice. And I think he's officially a doctor. Fabulous. That's yeah. great to hear. But the reason I was bringing that up yeah. was that I'm sure just from being around him, uh, you've heard a lot of, of the history. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's probably uh, shared some of that with you and, and helped you to learn the culture and the history as well. Well, yeah. I grew up um, on Chiging First Nation mm -hmm. Reserve, mm -hmm. so I was really exposed to a lot of the culture mm -hmm. just from growing up there. Right. But also from him, um, like as a child, often our vacations would be when he would go to conferences. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so I would... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I would be swimming and whatever in the pool, mm. but also I would sometimes go to his talks or someone right. else's talks that were going on. Right. So, yeah, I've been <laughs> exposed to it in that way. And just through local events, too, in Chiging, if there was right. something going on. He used to work at Ojibwe Cultural Foundation. Mm. They have lots of various events. I would often go to those, too. Uh, Chiging on uh, Manitoulin? That's right. Yeah, yep. and what a beautiful area of mm -hmm. that is. One of my favorite places to go, Manitoulin oh, nice. Island. Yeah. Do you I get back there very often? Um, yeah, kind of. Usually for holidays, like for Christmas, I'm going to mm -hmm. be going there. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Mm -hmm. um, so when you got this position, mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like you moved into it fairly smoothly, but I'm, I'm wondering, did you have any ideas that you wanted to to try to uh, share with Heritage Toronto or ideas, big ideas you wanted to help them implement? <laughs> um, let me think. That's kind of a tough question because it's already an existing agency mm -hmm. that's been... Right. You know. But I guess why I, why I brought that is, <laughs> is uh, because the, y there were gaps and there were yeah. you know, specific areas that they saw that they even knew from your, mm -hmm. from your bringing this information forward saying, hey, we're missing this, we're missing yeah. this. Um, so that's what I was thinking, that uh, you, you had some ideas that um, perhaps perhaps big ones um, to to uh, share with them to, that they could implement and move forward with. Mm. Well, I guess I'll talk about the music project yeah. again. Because when we were working on that, there were obviously some Indigenous artists. And then I was just thinking how the Indigenous artists that we were featuring on our website probably also be featured somewhere else within our programming. Mm. Um, so that was one idea I had. Um, big ideas. That's kind of hard to say. Now, can you give us uh, an example of, of some of these artists? that? Oh, you know, artists? like um, Buffy, St. Marie, oh, yeah. and Robbie Robertson, right. Jeremy Dutcher, mm. people like that. Um, what about uh, other, other art, like Murray Porter or um, those kind of... Yes, no. um, we had to limit our selection of okay. people we would feature on the website. Right. So, unfortunately, he didn't make the cut. <laughs> it has to be people related to like the Toronto music scene, also, mm. or grew up in Toronto, so on. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what's the thing you've learned the most since taking this position on so far? Um, I feel like I've learned a lot of different things. A lot of just. Toronto-specific Indigenous history mm -hmm. that I feel like <clears throat> I didn't really learn that much about in school or just from living here. Mm. Um, 
I learned more about like Chiging history mm-hmm. and Manitoulin mm-hmm. history going mm-hmm. up because I lived there. Sure. But I didn't grow up here. I've only lived here for a couple years. And I feel like throughout the history, it's kind of hard to recognize the Indigenous history just walking around um, and being in the city. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that I've, through this job, I've been able to learn more of that. Hmm. Um, and, and so in doing that, uh, again, it's kind of like walking into worlds, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, what, when you, you say that, you say walking around the city, hard to see Indigenous, what are, what comes to mind when you, when you, you, when you do that, you go, you know, you see, do you see a wall? Do you see a place? Do you see something that triggers an idea? How exactly do you mean? I'm not sure, uh, (laughs) because you, you mentioned that you're in the city and, and, you know, you didn't grow up here. So in some ways, you know, when you come from some other, some other place, Mm -hmm. it allows you to see things that people living there don't see. Um, so I guess it's, you know, I was just wondering if there was something that caught your eye or something that came to mind. I guess just cause I grew up more in a, in a rural place, there's a lot more nature around mm. and a lot more oh, yeah. <laughs> animals and so yep. on. And obviously that ties a lot into indigenous culture, of course, but yeah. here it's so urban. There's lots of like concrete buildings and condos. Obviously that's not really <laughs> right. aligned to indigenous history, <laughs> but also, I feel like there could be a more contemporary indigenous presence and I think it's coming. Yeah. In the city, but it's still in the beginning stages, I feel like in some ways. And so this may be outside of the position of what you're doing, but when you say you're encouraged, you think it's coming. What what is encouraging to you about that? What do you see? Um I think that there is a solid indigenous community mm. in the city right now. I guess what I'd like to see is more, maybe like more indigenous um, businesses, more mm. um, more indigenous events, and yeah, I, I don't really know how to explain. Just walking around, and I'm seeing <clears throat> like indigenous things happen. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't really make sense. It's okay, no worries. <laughs> Um, so the one thing that I was wondering about, and I'm not sure if Heritage Toronto has this already, and it goes right back to your dad again about the wampum belts. Is mm. there anything that, that they are doing in terms of wampum belts that tie in with Toronto history? Um, well, they did want me to work on a land acknowledgement, mm. and that would include the dish with one spoon wampum mm. belt. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as I've done so far... That's about what I've got so far concerning wampum belts. I guess I should ask my dad and see <laughs> what he would what would be good to include in here. Because I'm sure there's probably some specific uh, wampum belts or some mm-hmm. history related to that. That's true. Yeah, I think we could incorporate that. Um, and, and I think wampum belts are one of those things that people don't know enough about or th- that yeah, are misunderstood. That's true. Yeah, you're exactly right. So it would be good to get that. Um, in one of the tours mm. or, oh, the other thing, I don't know if I've mentioned, but after I'm finished revising these tour scripts, I'm going to be coming up with my own tour oh, on nice. Toronto's Indigenous history. Fabulous. So I'll be taking your suggestion and hopefully incorporating wampum belts in because they are obviously very important 
to Toronto's Indigenous history. So what will that mean to incorporate your own tour? What will that mean? What will that look like? Any idea? Um, I'm still, it's <laughs> it's in the early stages still mm-hmm. because I'm still working on revising sure. these other scripts. But right now I've just been on Google Maps um, creating different locations um, and mapping them. Um, and it's kind of difficult because it's just a walking tour, so it has to be all within a certain distance of each other. Right. So that's a little difficult for me right now, but hopefully with more research, I'll find more stops that I could add. Or maybe <laughs> add a second uh, walking. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> 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 all right. Anything else you, you think is important to bring up that we haven't spoken about, about uh, what you're doing and what is coming up? Anything um, new for 2020? Well, like I said already, the the walking tour I'm going to have coming up. Mm. That's the big project I'll be working on in the new year. Um, and also, hopefully, we'll be able to get some kind of uh, plaque that's related to Toronto's Indigenous history. I would like to see that. Mm. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, the other thing I want to mention is mm-hmm. that don't forget us here at Element FM because <laughs> if there's any way we can help in okay. what you're doing, we're more than happy to help promote and help uh, get that information out there. Yeah, that uh, would be great. You know, so please uh, remember uh, uh, us uh, when you're, you're working on things. If there's any way we can help, we'd be more than happy to. Okay. Yeah, thanks. All right. Well, uh, that's, uh, we've been speaking with uh, Nawate Gordon-Corbier. She is the new Indigenous Content Coordinator Uh, at Heritage Toronto. She started in September of 2019 and uh, her contract goes until uh, September of 2020. Mm -hmm. Wow, hard to believe. 2020 is just around the corner. And it's been a pleasure speaking with her and congratulations on that new job. Thank you so much. So, uh, Nyawa for coming in. We appreciate coming in. And uh, Miigwech. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you in both Ottawa and Toronto. And uh, we certainly appreciate hearing your comments and, uh, and, and anything you have to say about Element FM or Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses, and I want to say Nyawa uh, Goa for tuning in. And also, until next time, I be here. I also want to say Nyawa Miigwech Wanishi and thank you to everyone who helps put Moment of Truth together. They include in Ottawa, Jill Kennedy and Caroline O'Neill. In Toronto, Andrew Johnson, Luca Capone, Kathy Zabokin, Bruce Barber, Andrew St. Germain. Nyawa Miigwech and thanks for listening.